Nolani Pentastico is from Oahu, Hawaii. She joined the Pacific Northwest Ballet in Seattle, Washington in 1997 and rose to a principal dancer in 2004. From 2008, she danced with Le Ballet de Monte Carlo and in 2015, Nolani returned to PNB as a principal dancer. In addition to her PNB repertoire, she's danced leading roles in Monte Carlo in Jean-Christophe Maillot's Altro Canto, La Belle, Cendrillon, William Forsythe's New Sleep, and others. She originated roles in Mayo's Casse Noisette Campagne and Locke. She starred in BBC's version of PNB's production of Balanchine's A Midsummer Night's Dream, filmed at Sadler's Wells, and performed as a guest artist for New York City Ballet's Balanchine Centennial. Nolani choreographed Picnic for a collaboration between PNB and Seattle Art Museum, presented at Seattle's Olympic Sculpture Park. The creative process speaks to Nolani in Paris, while the Pacific Northwest Ballet was on tour. Nolani Fantastico, welcome to the creative process. Thank you. Uh, so this is a bit of a rambling question, but you know, you just you're we're having this conversation between performances, and I was wondering, you know, for those of us who are not dancers, I it, I imagine dance is it's an ephemeral sort of experience you're like inside your body outside of your body and you're just coming now from a performance can you describe that feeling when you just it, it seems almost transcendental or does that come certain moments in a right right i mean honestly it depends on how a newer role is uh how long i've done it if i'm repeating it um and so i it doesn't always feel that way. Um, but that being said, I do, whenever I do something, I always try to look at myself from the outside. Um, mostly when I'm doing something with acting, uh, how things are, will come across from an audience, audience point of view. Um, but even in regular rep, uh, I always try to think, uh, how is how is this movement or how is this acting gonna reach the last person uh, in the audience? Um, and then some roles, you know, I'm so comfortable with that you really do get into this state that you're talking about. Uh, and those ha that happens to me more with the like Juliet or Cinderella. Um, because those are roles that I danced for years and years and years, mm -hmm. several times over, um, and I'm just more comfortable if I become another person. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that also, um, because of the work that I've done with Jean-Christophe Maillot, um, we, I worked very intensely with him for almost eight years, so uh, that has stayed with me uh, when I do acting on mm -hmm. stage. Yeah, and it's so interesting that you speak about acting and dancing at the same, that they're hand in hand, and particularly for the way you interpret roles, as mm -hmm. I've seen, and how them, I can see what Peter Paul was saying about your um, acting, it's the, or acting, dancing, acting, I don't know, it's a combination that it, there you, you're so honest. And yeah. You, well, I try reactions to are so wonderful humans. Sorry, yeah, no, 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 yeah. thank you. I try to react how I would normally as myself, but then I also, you know, you're inhabiting another person, another role. So 
Uh, it's a blend of the two, and then it's just purely based on intention, like what I'm trying to get across. Um, and I wasn't very good at doing that in like the regular rep ballets, uh, but I find things aren't as tiring if I kind of go into that mindset uh, when I'm dancing, like even something like Emergence or um, even a Balanchine ballet where there's no story. I try to create something for myself, um, especially, you know, sometimes with coaching, we don't have the time to coach and you're just putting a ballet together. Um, so I need something uh, to kind of help pull me through. Um, I always do a lot of studying uh, in the history of something uh, if I feel like that's going to help me. Um, and then if that's not going to help me, I make up a story or I just, you know, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of different things for each, each role and each performance. And sometimes when I repeat something, something else will come through. So it really changes every, every single time. Um, no, it's fine. No, it's, it's interesting how, because you, you were speaking about visualization and how you see it from the outsider, imagine the audiences. And, and that's something that's not talked about a lot with dance. It's we discuss how your body is, you train your body, but how do you train your eyes to notice and what you visualize? How does that help you? Right. Well, you know, working, working with Jean Christophe, um, a lot of his works, um, when he puts them together, it's like a movie. So he never wanted us to look out to the audience. Um, and whenever I would watch a piece, it was like I was watching a film. Uh, so after a while, you kind of understand that each body movement that you do is saying something. Um, and so you just start to do everything like that. And so, and then when I moved back to Seattle, I figured out ways that I could do that even in, in repertoire, like regular repertoire. Um, and I just, yeah, it just feeds my dancing a little bit. It just adds another layer to my dancing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it does come from a very genuine place because it, it is me, you know, mm -hmm. it is me out there. I'm not trying to be uh, something... Um, artificial even in like like I for instance I just did emergence and we're, we're, we're bugs yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but how it's like yeah how, how do I how can I get there and and a lot of times I just think of how I look from mm -hmm. far away mm -hmm. uh and that adds another dimension to my dancing um you're very graceful bugs by the way oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen more beautiful bugs uh, <laughs> Well, that's thanks to Crystal. Also, it's it's the choreography. But um, I do think that if if a dancer can really see themselves from the other side, mm -hmm. it does really help um, because it's easy to get so focused on the steps and mm -hmm. oh, I didn't execute this well. And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It's the performance as a whole. It's mm -hmm. it, or it's it's the first impression or it's the last thing mm -hmm. that they see. Um, that will really leave something and then if they see you make a mistake and then they see you kind of everything kind of goes down from there um then they're not getting the full experience and neither are you yeah you know so if you can get past that and and just think of 
everything as a whole and even even the community of dancers that you're dancing with um it, it doesn't really matter what you're doing it does but it doesn't you know yeah. well that's because only, you're part of a family you know yeah. that's only when you i think you've reached that level of artistry which you've had you've, you've memorized it and then you can almost forget and i know caroline is eager to talk i want to talk about the family of dancers and the central uh, pennsylvania youth ballet but first i want to get in on that because you said about you were talking about just making it all flow and not thinking about it too much and i think that sometimes with young artists not just dancers but writers or whatever their discipline they get nervous and they want to have a, a formula that they'll be safe and then the the performance of the art form becomes stilted because you can see that they're ticking these things off getting their marks right and so what would your uh, sometimes i say to uh, you know young artists or something that you a, a bird doesn't do this you know when they're in the sky they're not thinking oh what's the wind altitude and <laughs> what to do you know they just they would fall so what do you say to young artists to achieve that fluidity you know I think it's a process that everyone has to go through mm-hmm. um, I was lucky enough to go and work specifically with a choreographer that and I was I was like a technician when I was younger mm-hmm. I I could do everything you know I did it really well and then when I started working with Jean Christophe he was like yeah it's good but it's kind of flat and it's boring and I need you to color outside the lines. I need you to fall. I need you to test your boundaries. Um, and then then things started to become more real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when you're young, you want to just be perfect and play it safe and, and show, like, look how well I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't fall and I didn't make a mistake. And, uh, and I was able to do all of that messing up or coloring outside the lines with Jean-Christophe. Uh, and that freed me up, and I knew my boundaries then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's something that everyone has to kind of go through for themselves, and some people don't always get there. Um, and some people do, and, and it might be easier for others. And, you know, I just try to be as supportive as I can. If I see someone, uh, I talked to someone yesterday, I just went up to them and I said, yeah, I think you're doing really well. I see you're working really hard. You're always by yourself on your own, but don't be afraid to step out of that box that you're creating for yourself because down the line, this could serve you in this way, but then with contemporary, it might not serve you, right. you know? So any moment that I can like kind of spread like a little bit of some seeds, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I try to tell people something, but it's also just your own process as an artist. Because some people will be will be better at things than others, uh, or natural, or you know, yeah. There's no there's no answer. <laughs> if, if there was, we would all buy that book. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm. Uh, I, I Caroline's excited to to share stories about this. <laughs> well, I think you have this common. You both went. To yeah, the we have a common ground. Yeah, yeah. So could you just discuss that journey to becoming a dancer and just the teachers along the way, those first performances and just all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I I did when I was younger. My dad was in the military, so we moved a lot, and I didn't really have like a strong base of dance because I one year it would be soccer and then we'd move and I'd do gymnastics and I'm one of six so we kind of just did whatever was around (laughs) whenever we moved and then uh, around the age of 11 um, my dad retired from the military and he 
we relocated to Pennsylvania, and at the time I was taking creative movement, and I was about 10 years old. And the creative movement teacher said, you should really try to keep her in dance. And she found out where, where we were going, and she said, there's a great school in Pennsylvania. And I was just very, very fortunate that it was a very good school. I was 11 years old, um, so I started, I guess, kind of late. Uh, for barn standards, <laughs> we call it the barn. The barn babies. Uh, yes, because I think the barn babies—they uh, start around the age of three to um. three to six. But a lot of the people in my generation that I ended up graduating with started at three years old. Anyway, so I was there from the age of eleven until I was sixteen. Uh, when I was about thirteen, I started doing summer programs uh, uh, with Pacific Northwest Ballet. And when I was 16, I was auditioning for a summer pro program, but then I heard that the company was auditioning in New York the, the very next day. So I asked my mom, I said, I'm here for the summer course audition, but maybe it's good experience for me to do the cattle call audition uh, in New York. And uh, I did it. I, I, I auditioned, I think, with 130 people there were principals and soloists in there. I was in my pink tights and a the black and a, yes, and a black leotard. <laughs> I looked like a student, um, and I thought this is amazing experience for me. Otto Newbert taught my audition. I don't think he remembers. And Francie was there, and they offered me an apprenticeship, but and it was a complete surprise. I was, like I said, doing it uh, for experience. And I think they maybe thought that I was starting to audition and they, they just wanted to kind of scoop me up. Mm -hmm. um, and they knew me from, from three summer programs. So I was lucky. Mm -hmm. I, I got a job. I finished high school by correspondence. Um, and I was an apprentice at 16. So I have a big history with PNB. Uh, then I left PNB in 2008. Uh, when I kind of fell in love with the work of Jean-Christophe Maillot after doing Romeo and Juliet. And then uh, when that was, when I felt like that was done, that journey was done, uh, Peter had open arms and wel welcomed me back to Pacific Northwest in 2015. So I'm three years back. Uh. Yeah, and I'm, th I'm 38. Wow. So I'm getting up there. <laughs> the role of Juliet with PNB, right? Right. Right. So, right. So while I was away, so I, I first did the role of Juliet uh, in 2008, and then I left, joined Ballet of Monte Carlo, did Juliet with them for several years, for all those years, uh, almost eight years, and all of the other stuff in the BMC rep. Uh, and then the year that I decided to come back, that February, uh, I did Romeo and Juliet uh, again. So, yeah, it was like a full circle, full circle moment, moment. Moment, yeah. Mm. yeah. And now you're doing some choreography as well. At well, Gulfshire Park and yeah, th that that was like it just kind of came up, and I think someone pulled out at the last second, and Peter was like, "Do you want to do it?" And I was like, "Well, if it's being brought to me, mm. it means I should do it." So <laughs> I. I kind of try to do everything that comes into my path, and uh, yeah, it went well. It went well. I think it was received quite well, uh, and yeah, I, I do have an interest. I, I I I do have a creative side that I feel like needs to be nurtured. 
Um, but it's all brand new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably try to do, um, there's like a young choreographer's uh, thing, next, step. next yeah. step, yeah, that they do every year. I think I might sign up. I've had ideas like kind of stewing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to teach maybe, you know, down the line, but I feel like I'm more creative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I still have a lot of dancing left in me, so it's hard to think about, that, to yes. think about other things. Yeah, when you have that, that intensity. Yeah. And I was just looking through all your fleeting roles and, you know, watching what I could. And it's always hard, obviously, you know, Romeo and Juliet and certain um, lack. Uh, mm. which, which roles really have been meaningful for you? I mean, an obvious one, an obvious choice is Juliet. Romeo and Juliet because I have this it has such a strong connection to my life and it changed my life in a lot of ways and then I worked on it for years and years and years I've performed it several times so I think without a doubt I I I can't deny that choice you know that it's Juliet um, but of course I've worked on other things uh, especially in the contemporary realm, that's something that I always really wanted was to be like a contemporary dancer, mm-hmm. especially coming from well, CPYB. Yeah, classical Yeah, CPYB is so classical, and we didn't really have a lot of modern growing up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, for years, I really tried to concentrate on that part of my work. And somehow I was always driven back to classical ballet. So uh, there are certain there are certain works that I'm really attached to. Nothing that I would say is a favorite, but I really love to work on contemporary stuff, and I feel like that will be the realm that I go into anyway. Uh, when I give up my point shoes, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'll dance for a while still after I retire from PNB. Yeah. But um, yeah, but Juliet is it, it's it's the obvious the obvious uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and also the partners you've worked with, James Moore. How, what do you look for in a partner? What have you cherished in your partnerships with, with your different partners? Yeah, you know, I. there are certain partnerships that just have an automatic connection. Uh, that there, there's no work that needs to happen. It just is there. You know, they understand what I'm saying to them in an acting way or... And then there are certain partnerships that I have to do a little bit more work, um, but I pretty I'm pretty like open to to anyone. And then I have partnerships where I'm just taken care of. So there there's there's just it, yeah where I just especially at my age uh, I want to be taken care of out there. I don't want to have to. Um, work harder than and and certain partners just they just do it it's just automatic they know where to put me on my leg mm-hmm. uh they know how to get my leg to look higher they know you know yeah. all the angles <laughs> yes yeah they just understand uh and there are a few of those that i have in the company as well so each partnership is different i'm i'm still building things with certain partnerships mm-hmm. and then i dance more with certain people as well uh, and so there's an understanding but yeah, um, it's like ballets, you know, things are just, it's just different and you just kind of go with the flow and try to read each thing and each person. And 
it's like life, you know. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of people who aren't, you know, from the dance world, you know, how we come to it are through popular representations. And I was wondering if you see some, you know, recent films like Red Sparrow or Black Swan, what do they get right in the portrayal of dancers? What do they, what do you feel like? That's not, it's very dramatic, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true when you kind of look at dance on uh, in those films that it seems a bit harsh <laughs> or a little bit extreme uh, how the dance world is portrayed. But I, I have been in only two companies. I have not been in the companies that are or that they're trying to portray uh, where where there's this in- intensity. So I can't answer that, you know, it's... Uh, You're not allowed to... Uh, I don't know, well, I don't know, yeah. because it, then it's like I'm generalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure they are portrayed there for a reason, because mm-hmm. it is there, maybe not as extreme in this company than it is in this one, or... Uh, but, yeah, it can be cutthroat, uh, but I, Ballet de Monte Carlo was a very family company. We traveled, well, it was a touring company, so we just traveled everywhere. Uh, I did court de ballet, I did soloist, I did principal roles. We all helped each other. Mm-hmm. I never felt any sort of um, competition with people. It was just like, we just, there was just this love, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then P&B, maybe a little bit more, it's a little bit more of an institution. And there's like clear ranks, uh, so people maybe have more, they're more established. So maybe you feel a little bit of that, what you see in the movies, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. But nothing to really that extreme. Right? Yeah, like and also. Swan, it's just it's, so it's, over the top. It's, it's, it's over <laughs> the top, and also like, I'm just not that type of person that, that feeds into that mm-hmm. sort of yeah. stuff. I really don't care about casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. I love everyone. You know, I I'm there to make the company better. You know, and not not I'm not even talking about myself and my dancing. I want everyone to be good. Yeah. So, I also just because of who I am, I think. Mm-hmm. I will never live that life that's portrayed on film. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Even though some people might, you know, yeah. you know, some people do live uh, like in that kind of feeling, you know, where they think like this These makes people me are better. To get me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and they compare themselves to others where it just doesn't matter. Just dance and like try to be better and try to make the institution better. I don't know. <laughs> My name is Katherine Capristo, and I am a student of art history at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. However, prior to my college experience, I was a student of classical ballet, and I had the unique opportunity to dance professionally with the Pennsylvania Ballet as a second company member for two full years. Throughout this interview with the creative process, Nolani Pantastico spoke of the emphasis of ingraining her personality and life experiences into her performances and her roles. As a former dancer myself, these messages of bringing emotion into the aesthetics of ballet truly resonate. Nolani spoke about adding another dimension to her art through not only seeing herself in her own roles, but also seeing herself from the audience's perspective, which is very interesting. In the world of professional ballet, 
It is extremely difficult to look at your work as a whole, rather than the individual, maybe imperfect parts. I know that in my experience, I have always, and regretfully, internally focused on the technicalities instead of the full art that I was creating. Well, this is hard to do when a dancer hasn't quite reached Nolani's level of ballet fame, but I think it's an important message for artists of all levels and all skills. Ballet is truly an aesthetic and physical art form, yes, but it is incredibly personal, raw, and emotional when it's done right. I'm no longer a ballet dancer, as I'm studying in college, but I have taken every ounce of my ballet training and professional ballet experience into my life and current studies. Going into the art world now as a student, aspiring curator, and arts advocate of all kinds, I would like to always be reminded of Nolani's approach, which also pays tribute to my former ballet experience. That to be an artist, you must bring a part of yourself to share with the world, and that art must be relatable and real to a broad audience. I myself am a true believer that all arts must look to one another for ways to become more accessible and humanizing to the masses. And bringing oneself into an artwork, whether you're performing or just observing, can make beautiful changes on a personal and quite frankly global scale. A few things uh, comparing the, you, I mean, you haven't danced in many dance companies, but comparing European dance companies, uh, American ones, or classical in the contemporary world, you know, your experience of those and what you. Um, yeah, so, well, one thing I, I noticed uh, right away coming back actually to the States from Ballet Monte Carlo is the emphasis on creation in Europe is, is, um, is, is better. Uh, I think in, in the States, of course, I don't want to generalize again, but I think, you know, we're working with nonprofits. Um, we're working with ballets that we know will get a good response uh, that will sell tickets. They usually come with a name attached, so they're very they're safer choices. Um, whereas in Europe, um, they yeah they just they want to they're not afraid to create and and it's state funded. Mm -hmm. The company yeah, you know there's a lot of funding there and um, there are more artists that that uh, are doing new things and they might not work or you might see the ballet only once, but at least it was done. Uh, and so there's this uh, culture of creation, uh, whereas in the States, maybe it's played a little bit more safe. Uh, the ballets are good, but mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, those ballets have been around for 10 years already and they're just getting to the States. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, you know, there are things being created. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want you to think that things aren't being created in the States, but um, it's just different. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. a different mentality. Uh, and I, I've also been in only one company in the yeah. States, so it's it's also difficult to answer that question. A very good company. I yeah, yes. a, yeah, a very well-rounded company uh, that can do a lot of different types of dance. So, yeah. No, it's just, I, it's some, I'm a complete outsider. I just admire it all, but uh, I, I know that there's so many, there's so many different uh, 
genres or so many different styles and, and, I, and I don't understand when dancers talk among themselves like that. It's funny that I was speaking to an artistic director of a different kind of dance company, um, but he was discussing casting. And I, so I was asking him what he looks for when he is uh, choosing dancers for his uh, company. And I was amazed that it was just like a very simple thing. He says, well, I want, first I just want to see them walking. And, hmm. and there's so many you would pick that this don't, they're not walking. They're just, you're not walking right, go home. And wow. it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like a modeling agency. Yeah. <laughs> when, I don't know, but I think it's that, that natural grace maybe I'm uh, just assuming I'm just wondering uh, I don't know what that where this question is going but it surprised me you know that yeah that they're there the, sometimes the simple things are hard to teach maybe right yeah. yeah yeah you know I know that I don't know what exactly Peter looks for but it felt like with in Ballet Monte Carlo it felt like Jean Christophe really was hiring um, at least when I joined he was hiring personalities he wanted people that were there, that were happy, that he, I don't know, I think he did a lot of stuff based on feeling, you know, because sometimes people would come in and they'd be amazing and he wouldn't hire them. Mm -hmm. uh, or he, or maybe he'd hear something bad about someone and yeah. not hire them, you know. So not to say that people that he hires aren't good dancers because that's not true. Like he is, all of the dancers at Ballet Monte Carlo are very good. Uh, but I know that 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 seemed to be his process, like mm. based on feeling, like yeah. how he felt about the person, or just their their general vibe mm -hmm. uh, in the in, in the room and with within the group. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I don't know what Peter looks for. Um, I think a lot of the people are coming out of the school, so and that's very interesting. Also, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. in the states. You know, they want to take from the school because it's good for the school and then it's good for the company, you know, mm. whereas maybe in Europe, it's not always the case. It's yeah. it's more about emotion and, you know, yeah. it's hard. It's yeah, it's tough. And every director is different. I, I know that's not the case for directors in Europe, that it's based on feeling. Nah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's unusual. But, but um, yeah, I think it's probably looked at. Uh, what's what's scary to me now is that with technology, I know that uh, directors are starting to look at like Instagram accounts. Right. So it's how getting popular. to be another level. Mm -hmm. It's it's very strange. Like, how many followers does this dancer have? Like, what does their Instagram look like? Mm -hmm. It's very strange. Like, it's scary. It's yeah, <laughs> it's scary. And even like me as an older dancer, I'm I work on that. I work on my Instagram. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's a strange other. Um, porthole that we need to like focus on mm -hmm. well I'm glad you brought technology I, because uh, you know that it's it seems worlds apart from the world of dance but as you say it's it's encroaching and the way it's changing the way people communicate with each other it's something that we think about a lot in, in the creative process as well and I was wondering what is your relationship with it beyond uh, Instagram how do you feel are you wary of it um, I think it's a great way to get dance out, uh, because, you know, especially the younger, these millennials and just the younger generations, like everything's on YouTube or, uh, Instagram or Facebook, you know, or whatever, uh, Twitter, whatever <laughs> thing that there is, the information is out there and people are looking at that more and more. 
Um, so it's important uh, to an extent um, and down the line, I don't know what will happen, but it seems to have an importance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've seen it, I've even seen it uh, within works now. It's popping up in people's ballets, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe there's a direction that it can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, live streams. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a strange world. Uh, I don't like to give it importance, but it has brought me work. Uh, it has brought me other things. I've gotten great photos, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, I'm just trying to like, keep up with it all. <laughs> so we're here as part of uh, the, you've, you've uh, performed a lot of Jerome uh, Robbins pieces, and this is connected, the Lisette de la Danse, mm. to Jerome Robbins Centennial, um, Centenary. Would you like, could you discuss some of the dancers and choreographers um, that you would have liked to have danced with or that you looked up to as a young dancer? Um, those important Gosh, that's hard. I'm like, do I remember? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if I will be able to answer this question very well because I honestly didn't even expect to become a dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything that kind of came my way I just would go based on feeling and uh, in connection with whoever, uh, and I just worked as hard as I could. Um, trying to think of maybe some a ballet that I wanted to do that I never did. I never did Giselle. Um, I I was basically trained Balanchine, so that was a really um, a dominant part of my training and my, my foundation um, and I felt like I was really gifted those things naturally through my school and then joining a, a balancing company uh, that PNB was when I first joined um, but yeah I never did Don Q I never did Giselle it's not to say that those won't happen but now that I'm kind of towards the end uh, of my career I, I'm not sure that they will uh, but I've worked with people that I never thought I would, you know, I, and I've worked in countries that I never thought I would. So I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and I just feel blessed at every turn, <laughs> you know, because it's it was an unexpected world uh, for me. When I got my job, it was just shocking. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah. This is actually going to happen. Like, I'm going to move away from my family. You know, I'm not staying in Carlisle and, you know, having kids very young and getting married, you know. What was that transition like, like going from C2IV in such a structured program to going to PNB and being an apprentice and having to work for yourself in class and all of that? What was that Strange. transition Strange. Like? Yeah, so, well, CPYV is very intense. <laughs> Three and a half hours a day and Saturdays maybe five hours, five yeah. and a half hours. I don't know what the schedule is there now. Uh, to being in a company and suddenly having one class a day um, and then suddenly getting out of shape because I was the new girl and I was 16 so my body's changing it was it was rough I didn't know how to cook for myself Uh, my mom set me up in an apartment and I had a roommate, who a girl that was in the school. So I was still kind of operating with the professional division students. I was still kind of operating as a student. Uh, 
it was tough. And I was the youngest one in the company for years, like years and years and years. Because uh, usually they hire around, I don't know, 19, 20, you know. So it was very strange. And I didn't feel like I really fit in until about three years in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I kind of got my, my bearings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm also like, it's kind of a late bloomer and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, takes me it takes me time to realize things and yeah anyway yeah it was it's not easy I don't want to repeat that part <laughs> but it was, it was meant to happen so so what has your experience been like here in Paris getting to perform here and all the different ballets you know I feel very blessed that I was with a touring company because I don't stress I see I see the other dancers and people aren't used to traveling and and a new theater and mm-hmm. and just like new surroundings. So for me, it's like, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're, I'm very busy. I wish I would have gotten to do a little bit more sightseeing, but it's fine. I've been to Paris three, four times. Mm-hmm. It will always be here. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's always great to perform for other audiences, mm-hmm. other venues. Uh, you, I, I learn with everything, mm-hmm. you know, just like everyone else is learning. I'm still learning. So it's a beautiful experience. I feel so um, grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what pieces will you be performing or have you performed already? Yeah, I have. So last for the first week that we were here, I did Opus 19, The Dreamer. And then this week, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of all the ballets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did a lot. I did, well, yesterday I did Little Mortal Jump by Alejandro Cerruto. Today I did Crystal Pites Emergence. Tonight I do Twilight Tharps uh, Waiting at the Station. Um, a couple days ago I did Benjamin Millipier's Appassionata. I'm sure I'm missing something. Uh, yeah, I, he has me doing, Peter, I feel very lucky because he has me in a lot of different mm-hmm. Such a diverse things. rep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very hard, but it's very, uh, it's very good for me, my soul, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. <laughs> I was wondering how you, we touched on it a bit, uh, how you prepare emotionally, because when we think of ballet and dance, we think of grace and beauty and the, all the, the nice light things you know the wonderful beautiful things in life and i i wonder how you uh, access complex emotions or do you think that they help you go deeper into a character you know conflicting emotions that sort of thing yes yeah that's that's quite profound actually (laughs) um it's not always there for everything you know if i'm honest and some things and even with uh even with full length sometimes i've i'm just not there emotionally Mm -hmm. If I'm repeating a role, one day I might do it and I just have to fake it. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I have to fake it. And then sometimes faking it, the emotions just come naturally. Right. Uh, it's very, it's a very strange thing. Uh, and then, you know, certain valleys, it's not always there. And so then I think of intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, intention, 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 with everything. Um, and that just is, makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's easier to do with acting, obviously, Mm -hmm. because you're really trying to tell a story. Um, But if I'm trying to be a bug, you know, um, I just, you know, I study, I I study bugs. I study, (laughs) uh, 
and then something like let's say um like I did jewels uh at the beginning of last season and I did emeralds and I did diamonds and they're both so different mm-hmm. um and then even as jewels they're different like if you look at the gemstones so I look at that and then I also go back and like look at the history of who did the roles and and with diamonds it was Suzanne and you know Balanchine's relationship with Suzanne and and then even in the Padada like this relationship that they had and that dynamic and how it created the piece I go I go pretty far like mm-hmm. if if the information is out there mm-hmm. uh it will help me in some sort of fashion with whatever I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. So I might not always draw on the same thing. Like next time I do diamonds, it could be a completely different experience. And I, and I will most likely draw from something different oh, uh, and just add another layer on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it keeps it interesting for me. If I did the same thing every time, yeah. I, I don't think I would be interested. I don't think I would be doing this still. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never happy with what I do I'm never satisfied and people often say to me like well you have to enjoy some aspect of it but that's the part I enjoy you know and I will never I think if I'm ever really happy with anything I probably wouldn't do it anymore (laughs) and that maybe sounds a little bit crazy but it's this fight to like do better and and communicate more with the audience that's what makes me happy and that's when I feel something from the audience or I get a response um, and then it makes it all worthwhile. Um, and I think the most interesting, the most interesting times, I guess, that I feel a lot of those things is in the studio with the choreographer or with the dancers around me. Um, you feel it more and cause on stage it's different. It's just this really visceral thing. And, uh, yeah, you're in like another dimension on mm-hmm. stage. And it just feels more, um, I don't know, what's what's the word I'm looking Visceral for? Visceral or uh, immediate? I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, there's something, uh, yeah, you, palpable, you know, uh-huh. when you're doing it in the studio. There's just something, I'll think of the word at 2 a.m. this morning, I know <laughs> I will. But, uh, yeah, there's something really raw about doing it in the studio. I think because you also know that you can make mistakes, mm-hmm. so just different things come out in the studio and and it can happen on stage too if you're if I'm really relaxed in something but it's just another world that you enter when you go on stage yeah that relaxation I think that that is a real pleasure of creation that yeah you're just it's jazz I know it's classical yes. it might be classical but it's, it's that thing exactly yeah. right it's jazz it's jazz yeah that's well, a good, uh, yeah, it's a good way to oh, Well, I know I'm getting the, the time here. You're going on to a performance soon, but I just want to end. And you, you, the Pacific Northwest Ballet is doing wonderful things, giving chances to for choreography for young choreographers and all sorts of opportunities, and, and we love it. We are an educational initiative, too, so I, I love what you're doing. Um, but I was wondering, yeah, if you have a message for the uh, young generation of dancers and, you know, what has the arts and dance meant to you in your personal life? What has it been? Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound so cliche. Um, and I'll probably get emotional talking about it. But for me, uh, it's just been this, it, it kind of saved my life at a certain point. <laughs> because I was, I'm, I'm in the middle, 
you know, in my family, I'm the middle child. Uh, not a wonderful upbringing. We, you know, I'm, I'm very connected to my family, but it's a hard childhood. So for me, dance was really like my outlet and it was mine. It was only mine. So I have this, nothing was ever handed to me. I really had to work hard for it. And that's not to say that other people didn't have to work hard for it too, but I just know that with my connection with it, uh, it's just a very safe place for me and a place that I knew I could grow and and be surrounded by people that um, cared about the same thing I cared about. So for me, it's just always been this, um, it, it saved my life. It, like, I don't know how to put it into other words. Um, and so I think that kind of is what keeps me continuing dancing and, and, and researching because I just want it to be better and 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 sometimes I see if I were to give advice to younger people um, I see people really get getting caught up in promotions and uh, how many roles and the casting and I think if the focus was more on how they're doing it and the art form and and progressing in that way rather than in the other ways that everyone else sees um, people are better off and they become better artists uh, that that homework that extra homework that you need to do is really necessary if it's writing if it's studying if it's video work uh, there's never enough of that uh, and I think that that's something that not ever because we can get lazy and mm -hmm. anyone can get lazy in any job mm -hmm. so this this extra bit of work can even just a little bit mm -hmm. can make such a big difference in a performance or a rehearsal mm -hmm. that extra little thought that you give it um i've seen it i've seen it when sometimes it's captivating when you're like your your breaths i just watch your breath and and that excitement you have. Yeah, um, yeah. The small thing, yeah. Yeah, and people notice it. Yeah. People really do notice it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and never repeat anything. That's another thing. Like, I try to always do something different every time. It may look like it's the same, but I know for myself, uh, it's just different options, different flavors, different colors that I can put out there. And sometimes whoever's in the front of the room might not, not, not like it, but at least I'm trying to do something different. And sometimes they appreciate it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they want me to stay in the box, but then some people I work with love it when I'm outside of the box. And then on stage I can do whatever I want, you know, because <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to yeah, us. Yeah, I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, I love no. things. I, it's been it's wonderful to watch you go outside and inside the box. I think it's um, you've just been it's inspiring, inspiring to so many. Yeah. Oh, yes. thank you. And um, thank you for adding your voice to the creative process. Thank you for having me. And if there's anything more that like, if you wanna, if you have any more questions, like sure. by email, I'd be more than happy to. Yeah. Now that I'm gonna be on vacation soon, <laughs> I'll be more than happy well to like, yeah, give more time. Oh, I'd love that. Well, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm an artist, so I do your portrait, and I'm doing that at the. So it's a portrait of a, a dance company. So yeah, and I love the things that you talked about visualization or notes and things. So if you have some things like that, that just would accompany the interview, and I think that it's really mm -hmm. enormously helpful for you know dancers who are starting out or just at any stage of their career to know. Yeah, that's the hard work you put in. That's yeah. what you get out of it if yeah. you do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Married for tonight. Thank you. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk and Caroline Dougherty with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Catherine Capristo. Digital Media Coordinator is Yu Young Lee. Winter Time was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. Has this interview sparked your creative process? If so, you can submit your creative works to submissions at creativeprocess.info for an opportunity to be included in the projection elements of our exhibition Traveling to Leading Universities or published on our website, www.creativeprocess.info. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info.